This is day 157 of our daily Bible reading. We'll be completing Jeremiah chapters 35 through 39. Lord, Heavenly Father, as we come into your presence this morning, please remind us, Lord, of your goodness, of your perfection, of your love and grace in our life. Lord, we often so take these things for granted. We get so busy with our business and with the things of this world that stress us and with that trouble us, and we forget who you are sometimes. Lord, we need to hold fast to you like our life depends on it. We need to hold fast to the promises that you've made to us in the Bible, the numerous promises that have come true as well as the ones that have yet to come true. Lord, everything you say is good and helpful and ultimately glorifies you. Please bless the reading of this word, and may our hearts glorify you today. In Jesus' name, amen. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Go to the house of the Rechabites, and speak to them, and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers, and give them wine to drink. Then I took Jehazaniah, the son of Jeremiah, son of Habazaniah, and his brothers and all his sons, and the whole house of the Rechabites. And I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanan, the son of Igdaliah, the man of God, which was near the chamber of the officials, which was above the chamber of Maasiah, the son of Shalom, the doorkeeper. Then I set before the men of the house of the Rechabites pitchers full of wine and cups, and I said to them, Drink wine. But they said, We will not drink wine, for Jonadab, uh, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, You shall not drink wine, you or your sons, forever. You shall not build a house, and you shall not sow seed and you shall not plant a vineyard or own one, but in tents you shall dwell all your days, that you may live many days in the land where you sojourn. We have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he commanded us, not to drink wine all our days, we, our wives, our sons, or our daughters, nor to build ourselves houses to dwell in, and we do not have vineyard or field or seed. We have only dwelt in tents, and have obeyed, and have done according to all that Jonadab our father commanded us. But when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against the land, we said, Come, and let us go to Jerusalem, before the army of the Chaldeans, and before the army of the Aramaeans. So we have dwelt in Jerusalem. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Go and say to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will you not receive instruction by listening to my words? declares the Lord. The words of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, which he commanded his sons not to drink wine, are observed. So they do not drink wine to this day for they have obeyed their father's command. But I have spoken to you again and again 
yet you have not listened to me. Also I have sent to you all my servants, the prophets, sending them again and again, saying, Turn now every man from his evil way, and amend your deeds, and do not go after other gods to worship them. Then you will dwell in the land which I have given to you and to your forefathers. But you have not inclined your ear or listened to me. Indeed, the sons of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, have observed the command of their father, which he commanded them. But this people has not listened to me. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing on Judah and on all the inhabitants of Jerusalem all the disaster that I have pronounced against them, because I spoke to them, but they did not listen, and I have called them, but they did not answer. Then Jeremiah said to the house of the Rechabites, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Because you have obeyed the command of Jonadab your father, kept all his commands, and done according to all that he commanded you, therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab the son of Rechab shall not lack a man to stand before me always. In the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take a scroll, and write on it all the words which I have spoken to you concerning Israel and concerning Judah, and concerning all the nations, from the day I first spoke to you, from the days of Josiah, even to this day. Perhaps the house of Judah will hear all the calamity which I plan to bring on them, in order that every man will turn from his evil way. Then I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. Then Jeremiah called Baruch, the son of Neriah, and Baruch wrote on a scroll at the dictation of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord which he had spoken to him. Jeremiah commanded Baruch, saying, I am restricted. I cannot go into the house of the Lord. So you go and read from the scroll which you have written at my dictation the words of the Lord to the people in the Lord's house on a fast day. And also you shall read them to all the people of Judah who come from their cities. Perhaps their supplication will come before the Lord, and everyone will turn from his evil way. For great is the anger and the wrath that the Lord has pronounced against his people. Baruch the son of Neriah did according to all that Jeremiah the prophet commanded him, reading from the book the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. Now in the fifth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month, all the people in Jerusalem and all the people who came from the cities of Judah to Jerusalem proclaimed a fast before the Lord. Then Baruch read from the book the words of Jeremiah in the house of the Lord in the chamber of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, the scribe, in the upper court, at the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house, to all the people. Now when Micaiah, the son of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, had heard all the words of the Lord from the book, 
he went down to the king's house, into the scribe's chamber. And behold, all the officials were sitting there, Elishama the scribe, and Deliah the son of Shemaiah, and Elnathan the son of Achbor, and Gemariah the son of Shaphan, and Zedekiah the son of Hananiah, and all the other officials. Micaiah declared to them all the words that he had heard when Baruch read from the book to the people. Then all the officials sent Jehudi, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Shelemiah, the son of Cushi, to Baruch, saying, Take in your hand the scroll from which you have read to the people, and come. So Baruch, the son of Neriah, took the scroll in his hand and went to them. They said to him, Sit down, please, and read it to us. So Baruch read it to him. When they had heard all the words, they turned in fear one to another and said to Baruch, We will surely report all these words to the king. And they asked Baruch, saying, Tell us, please, how did you write all these words? Was it at his dictation? Then Baruch said to them, He dictated all these words to me, and I wrote them with ink on the book. Then the official said to Baruch, Go, hide yourself, you and Jeremiah, and do not let anyone know where you are. So they went to the king in the court, but they had deposited the scroll in the chamber of Elishama the scribe, and they reported all the words to the king. Then the king sent Jehudi to get the scroll, and he took it out of the chamber of Elishama the scribe. And Jehudi read it to the king, as well as to all the officials who stood beside the king. Now the king was sitting in the winter house in the ninth month, with a fire burning in the brazier before him. When Jehudi had read three or four columns, the king cut it with a scribe's knife and threw it into the fire that was in the brazier, until all the scroll was consumed in the fire that was in the brazier. Yet the king and all his servants who heard all these words were not afraid, nor did they rend their garments. Even though Elnathan and Deliah and Gemariah pleaded with the king not to burn the scroll, he would not listen to them. And the king commanded Jeremiel, the king's son, Sariah, the son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, the son of Abdeel, to seize Baruch the scribe and Jeremiah the prophet. But the Lord hid them. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after the king had burned the scroll and the words which Baruch had written at the dictation of Jeremiah, saying, Take again another scroll and write on it all the former words which were on the first scroll, which Jehoiakim the king of Judah burned. And concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, you shall say, Thus says the Lord, You have burned this scroll, saying, Why have you written on it that the king of Babylon will certainly come and destroy this land, and will make man and beast to cease from it? Therefore thus says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, He shall have no one to sit on the throne of David and his dead body shall be cast out to the heat of the day 
and the frost of the night. I will also punish him and his descendants and his servants for their iniquity. And I will bring on them and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the men of Judah all the calamity that I have declared to them. But they did not listen. Then Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to Baruch, the son of Neriah, the scribe, and he wrote on it at the dictation of Jeremiah all the words of the book which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire, and many similar words were added to them. Now Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had made king in the land of Judah, reigned as king in place of Coniah, the son of Jehoiakim. But neither he nor his servants nor the people of the land listened to the words of the Lord, which he spoke through Jeremiah the prophet. Yet King Zedekiah sent Jehuchal the son of Shelemiah, and Zephaniah the son of Maaseah the priest, to Jeremiah the prophet, saying, Please pray to the Lord our God on our behalf. Now Jeremiah was still coming in and going out among the people, for they had not yet put him in the prison. Meanwhile, Pharaoh's army had set out from Egypt, and when the Chaldeans, who had been besieging Jerusalem, heard the report about them, they lifted the siege from Jerusalem. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Thus you are to say to the king of Judah, who sent you to me to inquire of me. Behold, Pharaoh's army, which has come out for your assistance, is going to return to its own land of Egypt. The Chaldeans will also return and fight against this city, and they will capture it and burn it with fire. Thus says the Lord, Do not deceive yourselves, saying, The Chaldeans will surely go away from us, for they will not go. For even if you had defeated the entire army of Chaldeans who were fighting against you, and there were only wounded men left among them, each man in his tent, they would rise up and burn this city with fire. Now it happened when the army of the Chaldeans had lifted the siege from Jerusalem because of Pharaoh's army, that Jeremiah went out from Jerusalem to the land of Benjamin, in order to take possession of some property there among the people. While he was at the gate of Benjamin, a captain of the guard, whose name was Erijah, the son of Shelemiah, the son of Hananiah, was there, and he arrested Jeremiah the prophet, saying, You are going over to the Chaldeans. But Jeremiah said, A lie! I am not going over to the Chaldeans. Yet he would not listen to him. So Erijah arrested Jeremiah and brought him to the officials. Then the officials were angry at Jeremiah and beat him, and they put him in jail in the house of Jonathan the scribe, which they had made into the prison. For Jeremiah had come into the dungeon, that is, the vaulted cell, and Jeremiah stayed there many days. Now King Zedekiah sent and took him out, and in his palace the king secretly asked him, and said, Is there a word from the Lord? 
And Jeremiah said, There is. Then he said, You will be given into the hand of the king of Babylon. Moreover, Jeremiah said to King Zedekiah, In what way have I sinned against you, or against your servants, or against this people, that you have put me in prison? Where then are your prophets who prophesied to you, saying, The king of Babylon will not come against you or against this land? But now, please listen, O my lord the king. Please let my petition come before you, and do not make me return to the house of Jonathan the scribe, that I may not die there. Then king Zedekiah gave commandment, and they committed Jeremiah to the court of the guardhouse and gave him a loaf of bread daily from the baker's street, until all the bread in the city was gone. So Jeremiah remained in the court of the guardhouse. Now Shephatiah the son of Matan, and Gedaliah the son of Pashur, and Jukal the son of Shelemiah, and Pashur the son of Malchijah, heard the words that Jeremiah was speaking to all the people, saying, Thus says the Lord, He who stays in this city will die by the sword and by famine and by pestilence, but he who goes out to the Chaldeans will live and have his own life as booty and stay alive. Thus says the Lord, This city will certainly be given into the hand of the army of the king of Babylon, and he will capture it. Then the official said to the king, now let this man be put to death, inasmuch as he is discouraging the men of war who are left in this city, and all the people, by speaking such words to them. For this man is not seeking the well-being of this people, but rather their harm. So King Zedekiah said, Behold, he is in your hands, for the king can do nothing against you. Then they took Jeremiah and cast him into the cistern of Malchijah the king's son, which was in the court of the guardhouse. And they let Jeremiah down with ropes. Now in the cistern there was no water, but only mud, and Jeremiah sank into the mud. But Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, a eunuch, while he was in the king's palace, heard that they had put Jeremiah into the cistern. Now the king was sitting in the gate of Benjamin, and Abed-Melech went out from the king's palace and spoke to the king, saying, My lord, the king, these men have acted wickedly in all that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast into the cistern. And he will die right where he is because of the famine, for there is no more bread in the city. Then the king commanded Abed-Melech the Ethiopian, saying, Take thirty men from here under your authority, and bring up Jeremiah the prophet from the cistern before he dies. So Abed-Melech took the men under his authority, and went into the king's palace, to a place beneath the storeroom, and took from there worn-out clothes and worn-out rags, and let them down by ropes into the cistern, to Jeremiah. Then Abedmelech the Ethiopian said to Jeremiah, Now put these worn-out clothes and rags under your armpits, under the ropes. And Jeremiah did so. So they pulled Jeremiah up with the ropes 
and lifted him out of the cistern. And Jeremiah stayed in the court of the guardhouse. Then King Zedekiah sent, and had Jeremiah the prophet brought to him at the third entrance, which is in the house of the Lord. And the king said to Jeremiah, I am going to ask you something. Do not hide anything from me. Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, If I tell you, will you not certainly put me to death? Besides, if I give you advice, you will not listen to me. But King Zedekiah swore to Jeremiah in secret, saying, As the Lord lives, who made this life for us, surely I will not put you to death, nor will I give you over to the hand of these men who are seeking your life. Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, Thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, If you will indeed go out to the officers of the king of Babylon, then you will live. This city will not be burned with fire, and you and your household will survive. But if you will not go out to the officers of the king of Babylon, then this city will be given over to the hand of the Chaldeans, and they will burn it with fire and you yourself will not escape from their hand. Then King Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, I dread the Jews who have gone over to the Chaldeans, for they may give me over into their hand, and they will abuse me. But Jeremiah said, They will not give you over. Please obey the Lord in what I am saying to you, that it may go well with you, and that you may live. But if you keep refusing to go out, this is the word which the Lord has shown me. Then behold, all the women who have been left in the palace of the king of Judah are going to be brought out to the officers of the king of Babylon. And those women will say, Your close friends have misled and overpowered you. While your feet were sunk in the mire, they turned back. They will also bring out all your wives and your sons to the Chaldeans, and you yourself will not escape from their hand, but will be seized by the hand of the king of Babylon, and this city will be burned with fire. Then Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, Let no man know about these words, and you will not die. But if the officials hear that I have talked with you, and come to you, and say to you, Tell us now what you said to the king, and what the king said to you. Do not hide it from us, and we will not put you to death. Then you are to say to them, I was presenting my petition before the king, not to make me return to the house of Jonathan to die there. Then all the officials came to Jeremiah and questioned him. So he reported to them in accordance with all the, the words which the king had commanded, and they ceased speaking with him since the conversation had not been overheard. So Jeremiah stayed in the court of the guardhouse until the day that Jerusalem was captured. Now, when Jerusalem was captured in the ninth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the tenth month, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came to Jerusalem and laid siege to it. In the eleventh year of Zedekiah, in the fourth month, in the ninth day of the month, the city wall was breached. 
Then all the officials of the king of Babylon came in and sat down at the middle gate. Nergal Sarezer, Samgar Nebu, Sarsakim, the Rabsaris, Nergal Sarezer, the Rabmag, and all the rest of the officials of the king of Babylon. When Zedekiah, the king of Judah, and all the men of war saw them, they fled and went out of the city at night by way of the king's garden through the gate between the two walls. And he went out toward the Arabah. But the army of the Chaldeans pursued them and overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. And they seized him and brought him up to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, at Riblah in the land of Hamath. And he passed sentence on him. Then the king of Babylon slew the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes at Riblah. The king of Babylon also slew all the nobles of Judah. He then blinded Zedekiah's eyes and bound him in fetters of bronze to bring him to Babylon. The Chaldeans also burned with fire the king's palace and the houses of the people, and they broke down the walls of Jerusalem. As for the rest of the people who were left in the city, the deserters who had gone over to him, and the rest of the people who remained, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard, carried them into exile in Babylon. But some of the poorest people, who had nothing, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard, left behind in the land of Judah, and gave them vineyards and fields at that time. Now Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, gave orders about Jeremiah through Nebuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard, saying, Take him and look after him, and do nothing harmful to him, but rather deal with him just as he tells you. So Nebuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard, sent word, along with Nebuchadnezzar, the Rabsaris, and Nergol, Sir Azur, the Rabmag, and all the leading officials of the king of Babylon. They even sent and took Jeremiah out of the court of the guardhouse and entrusted him to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, to take him home. So he stayed among the people. Now the word of the Lord had come to Jeremiah while he was confined in the court of the guardhouse, saying, Go and speak to Abed-Melech, the Ethiopian, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am about to bring my words on this city for disaster and not for prosperity, and they will take place before you on that day. But I will deliver you on that day, declares the Lord, and you will not be given into the hand of the men whom you dread. For I will certainly rescue you, and you will not fall by the sword, but you will have your own life as booty, because you have trusted in me, declares the Lord. Okay, so let's see what the Lord has for us today to review from what we've read. So beginning in chapter 35, we see Jeremiah deal with a group of men called the Rechabites. They are a Puritan protest group of sorts, where about maybe 
300 years earlier or so, they had been given instructions not to drink wine and to be held separate in a certain way. And they were told that through generation to generation, that they were supposed to not drink wine. They're supposed to live a nomadic life by living in tents. And what's amazing in this is that they, throughout the generations, have obeyed to the letter everything that their ancestors had commanded. And God is using them as an object lesson for the people of Judah in this day. Because Jeremiah, as we've seen, has many, many times proclaimed what is going to happen to this city, and no one's listening to him. No one's listening to the Word of God, and he's being mocked for it. But yet he uses these people as a lesson of obedience, right? You see in verse 12, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, thus says the Lord, Will you not receive instruction by listening to my words? These men are listening to their ancestor, and they're obeying him. But I am your God, and you're not listening to me. So what's the deal, guys? They don't drink wine, for they have obeyed their father's command. But I have spoken to you again and again, yet you have not listened to me. And then he offers them again another chance to repent. Not necessarily the Rechabites, but again, they are the object lesson. Look, Jerusalem, look at what they're doing. This is how you should be with me. Every man now should turn from his evil way and amend their deeds, and do not go after other gods to worship them. Then you will dwell in this land. But you're not listening to me, so you're going to have Babylon come and conquer it. So you see at the end of chapter 35 that God blesses the family of the Rechabites because of their obedience to whatever God had told their ancestors to do. And even to the point where it says that there will always be somebody in your family that will stand before me always. So that's a beautiful promise there. Then we see in chapter 36 where you have Baruch, who is a scribe. Now, this is the same Baruch, which is believed to be the one who actually wrote this book of Jeremiah. Most biblical scholars believe that this book was dictated to Baruch by Jeremiah, and it was written down for us in this present day. But the scroll that he was told to write was something different. It's uncertain if the scroll that they wrote for the king was the same thing that we're reading here. But what it seems like is that it's everything that the Lord had told Jeremiah up to this point, all the prophecies and all of the future events that are going to happen, were the things that were written down. It's not necessarily that the book of Jeremiah was put on paper and then they did what they did with it. So we're not really sure, but Baruch is his attendant and his scribe. 
And so he is a key person in this because he's the one who's writing everything down that Jeremiah is saying, and then he's the one that's going and speaking it to the people. Now, to be clear, there is a apocrypha book of the Bible called the Book of Baruch, and it is not inspired by God. Let's just be clear. That stuff is not biblical. And so do not think that Baruch has his own book or it's some sort of extension of Jeremiah. It's not. So be very careful what you believe on that. So why are they writing this down? Because God says clearly in verse 3, I'm going to have you write this down. Perhaps the house of Judah will hear all the calamity which I will bring on them in order for every man to turn from his evil way, and I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. He wants to forgive them. Can't you see that over and over and over? God wants them to repent. He wants to forgive them. He wants their heart. And they are not giving him anything. They are not giving him the time of day when it comes to anything that he says. But time and time again, he says, I want to relent from what I'm going to do. I will cancel what I'm going to do if you repent. But if you're not, then I'm telling you right now what's going to happen. So we see that Baruch wrote all this down, was speaking to the people. The people seem to be feeling something. You see them respond in a fearful way, with respect to God's word. And then you take it to the king. You take it to Jehoiakim, and Jehoiakim hears these words, and he just starts cutting away at the scroll and throwing it into the fire, burning it. So we see that by the time you get to verse 10, this scroll has been read three different times. It was read in verse 10 at the temple court. In verse 15, it was read before the nobles, the princes. And then it was read in verse 21 to the king himself. And he just cut it up and threw it into the fire. So obviously, such disrespect for God's word, and he will obviously not be listening to him. So then we see God pronounce judgment against Jehoiakim, and he tells Jeremiah and Baruch to write another copy of what they had just written, and adding additional prophecies about Jehoiakim. That, for example, there's going to be no heir of his that will rule. But instead, they're going to have Zedekiah be the next king, but he is not a normal king. He is a vassal king, meaning that this is one that was set up by Nebuchadnezzar as kind of like a puppet king, so to speak. And that's what we see in, in chapter 37 here, where Zedekiah is installed as the king and has been king for a little bit when Jeremiah was doing what he was doing. And they thought that he was defecting. He was going to take care of some business. If you recall that he had purchased the property in Anathoth, and he had not gone over there to, you know, check it out and finalize everything. And so as he was trying to get out of there, then 
they arrest him because they think he's defecting. They think he's trying to turn traitor and run away because everything that he'd been saying about the Chaldeans, the Babylonians being the ones to capture Jerusalem, obviously, if he's running away to them, then he must have been always one of them. And this wasn't the word of God. This was just Babylonian propaganda. And so they thought that's what it was, and so they imprisoned him for it, and they beat him and put him in jail. And he was continuing to tell these people, look, you see that the armies of Egypt are coming to help us, but they're not going to make it. And yeah, the siege is going away for a few days, but it's going to come right back, and this city is going to get conquered. So don't trust in Egypt. Trust in me. Then we see King Zedekiah in verse 17. He goes secretly, which is very interesting. Why he's going secretly? Because obviously this is a puppet king. So this man who is king definitely has people who are watching him at all times, making sure they know where his allegiance is, making sure that he is in line with what his boss, King Nebuchadnezzar, wants. So there's a lot of people who are against him. Now, I'm not saying Zedekiah is a good man, but he at least is willing to listen. And so he goes and he asks secretly, is there a word from the Lord? There is. And you are going to be given into the hand of Babylon. And then Jeremiah says, what have I done? I haven't done anything. All I've been doing is saying the word of God and you're not listening. So please listen to these words, king. Because if you don't listen, there's going to be some major consequences here. And King Zedekiah said, all right, well, I'll at least get you food to survive. And so he gets a loaf of bread, which is not a lot. I mean, that's not a lot of food. But at least it's something to keep him alive. Now, Jeremiah is continuing to say the same thing over and over that the city is going to be destroyed because these people will not repent. So they're just like, I'm sick and tired of this guy. So they decide to throw him into a cistern, a deep cistern. At this point, Jeremiah is an older man. He's middle age, probably in his 50s or 60s at this point. And people were afraid that he was going to die in the cistern that they threw him in. And that's when you see that an Ethiopian... Of all people, the Jews, his own people, were always against him. But there was one man besides Baruch who stood up for Jeremiah and listened to the Lord. And that was a foreigner. There was an Ethiopian who was the one who responded. So you see that only a foreigner cared enough about Jeremiah to risk rescuing him out of that cistern by going to the king himself and telling them what happened. A foreigner. I mean, you talk about the Good Samaritan story that Jesus talked about. It's the same kind of thing. Isn't it sad? Isn't it sad that your own people rejected you, and yet a foreigner accepted you? Very sad, but it is what it is. And Zedekiah goes again secretly to Jeremiah saying, hey, I'm gonna, I want you to tell me everything. And so he tells him everything. 
And you would think that Zedekiah is starting to get it. it. It seems like he's receptive to it. But you know later that once you get to chapter 39, that he didn't, he didn't buy into it because of how he responds and tries to sneak out of Jerusalem and ends up getting a horrible punishment. Absolutely terrible what happened to him. But he repeatedly tell him, Jeremiah repeatedly told Zedekiah to surrender. I know it sounds bad. I know it seems like I'm on their side, but I'm on the Lord's side. And the Lord is behind this. So you need to surrender. And if you do, you will spare your life. Please, like he says in verse 20, Jeremiah said, they will not give you over. Please obey the Lord and what I am saying to you so that it may go well with you and you may live. But if you keep refusing to go out, this is the word which the Lord has shown me. This is not about me, king. I'm not trying to get anything out of this. I have no stake in the matter. The one thing that I am going to do without any doubt and without any reservation is I am going to obey the Lord. I am going to speak what he tells me to speak, despite how bad things get. God bless Jeremiah for that. He was one of the prophets who dealt with the most opposition and the most terror in his life. And even with all that, he still stuck to his guns, and he still stuck with the Lord, and was obedient to the point of death multiple times. That is the kind of person we need to be. That's hard to imagine in today's world that this stuff happens, at least in America. But this is a very real situation, and this is not a foreign concept to many parts of the world even today. This idea of being imprisoned and beaten and thrown into cisterns and tortured and all this stuff happens. It is reality. And that could happen to us if we are speaking the truth of God. But it is so worth it. And if we understand that and we cling to the Lord Jesus, then we will do anything for him. And that's what he calls us to do. Surrender all for him. Jeremiah is a shining example of that. He did not have a glamorous life as being a Christian. He had a very hard life, but he did it without regret. And that is one thing that he understood. No regrets, and he knew that his reward was in heaven, not on earth. And I'm sure he's spending eternity in a stately, honored way because of what he's done. So in chapter 39, we see that it finally happened. Jerusalem was finally conquered by Babylon, exactly as Jeremiah had been saying. And Zedekiah tries to sneak out with him and some nobles. They get caught. The nobles are killed. Zedekiah's family is killed in front of his eyes. And that is the very last thing he sees before they take his eyes out. They kill his family, and the last image that he has is them dying. That is disgusting. But he told him to surrender. He didn't tell him to sneak out. 
He didn't tell him to try and escape. He said, surrender and you will live. And he didn't. And so God punished him as he said he would. But yet God did not abandon Jeremiah in all of this. There were two people here that were affected by all of this, but God protected them because they were the only two people who trusted him. And that was Jeremiah and this Ethiopian man. So we see here that Jeremiah is taken care of by the Babylonian guards and captains. And not only that, but Abed-Melech, who is the Ethiopian, that he was told by God that he was going to be protected. Like he says in verse 17, I will deliver you on that day. I will certainly rescue you, and you will not fall by the sword, and you will have your own life as booty, because you have trusted in me. See, that's exactly what he's trying to get at. Two men in the whole city. That is why it fell. Do you see the common thread? It came to the point where in the entire city of Jerusalem, which was a big city in those days, and it still is, only two righteous men were in that city. They were saved, but the rest of them were not. Think of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's the same thing. There were less than 10 people in that city who were righteous who were capable of being saved because of their receptiveness to God. And he took them out of there before he wiped them out. Same thing with Noah and the flood. The entire planet was corrupt, except for Noah and his family. And God saved them and destroyed everyone else. I'm telling you, if you go through the patterns of how God is predictable in this way, the only reason why this perverted nation is around is because of people like you and me who care about the Lord and listen to his voice. And if things do go badly, he will preserve us. He will not utterly abandon us in the day of trouble. I have full confidence in God in that, that he will protect us in the day of trouble. And I still believe that the only reason that this nation has not been completely dissolved yet is because there's still enough righteous people. There's still hope. That's why we need to be louder and more present than ever before as a church. Because we are the ones that need to help preserve the moral order of things, and we need to speak the words of God to this corrupt nation. I need your help. God needs your help. He wants your help. Let me be clear. He doesn't need it. He wants your help. And he wants his word and his gospel to be spoken. They must repent. And if they won't repent, something's going to happen. But he will preserve us. Just don't be Zedekiah. Don't have the appearance of godliness on the outside where you're listening to reason. You're seeking the word of the Lord. But at the end... You turn tail and run. Do not be that. Make your mind up today. Who are you serving? Who do you trust in? Yourself? Trust in government? Or do you trust in God? Only God will get us through this. 
And with that, that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.